Wow. It's crisp. Can you hear it? Yeah. How's it sound? So clear. Yeah? Very clear. <laughs> That's clear. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're live. Dang. Oh, really? Welcome <laughs> to episode... <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. So, hey, Mary, thank you for joining me today. Yay, my pleasure. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. This is episode number 12 of Bikini Things. I've got Mary Tran, a.k.a. Mary-ish, back on today, and we're going to be talking about a ton of different topics. Uh, She did a great little Instagram poll yesterday on her feed where she asked for people to throw out questions, things that they wanted to hear about on a podcast. So we're going to be going through all of those questions today, talking about everything from, I don't know, what types of questions did you get, Mary? I mean, it literally <laughs> it was a lot of topics. fitness to powerlifting to posing, long distance, and just like general weight loss questions yeah Yeah. so it's a good it's a good list of topics and I think this will be fun it'll be a little different than the last time you were on which was kind of more just a lot more about Mary and your journey and and that type of thing and this will be a little bit more fun and interactive I think for all the people that follow you on social media and people who follow the podcast and compete and have all these questions in their head (laughs) so yeah let's get started first question how did they, how did you get into lifting and your current healthy lifestyle? So I got into it gradually. I think I spoke about it before. It was just kind of like a little doorway into fitness for me when I just I didn't want to look in the mirror and just feel bad and like complain about something, but end up not doing anything about it. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Woke up one morning and decided. I'm going to give up cookies. I'm going to give up fast food. You know, I'm just not going to eat what the foods are deemed really bad and maybe try like healthier alternatives, like whatever I was eating. And I really stuck with it. And as I stuck with it, weeks went by and I realized I started losing weight and my body was like changing. And I really enjoyed the process. And I think that's what kept me going. And that kind of speaks into like what motivates me, like, constantly seeing progress like I have a goal and I aim for it and I'm constantly seeing like the outcome of it and that just keeps me like it drives me to continue to do better mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you're so goal-oriented um, <laughs> for me I kind of had a similar experience so I started weightlifting after graduate school or during graduate school and I put on a few pounds like 10-15 pounds for mm-hmm. someone my height is not that much but I felt really uncomfortable and I did all the things I was used to. I was a cross-country runner in high school. And so I just tried to do cardio mm-hmm. and just run <laughs> and lose the weight. And all of a sudden, it wasn't really working the same way as it did. And so I started just trying to hit the weight room in addition to the cardio mm-hmm. in grad school. And then I made a couple friends at the gym that really taught me how to lift. And they were basically teaching me bodybuilding-style workouts. And all of a sudden, my body started changing. And it was incredible. It was like for the first time I had like the look and the, the toned look yeah. that what so many women say they oh, want. Man. And it was cool because like you said, it was like I got motivated by the results and the progress. And so I never wanted to go back to what I was doing before. I just kind of fell in love with it. True. Yeah. That's pretty much why. Um, That's awesome though. <laughs> yeah. It always takes like the first couple friends that you meet at the gym to like teach you the way mm-hmm. a little bit and it just gets you yeah. going. Yeah. Now you're just like, 
4 a.m. I'll train by myself. No mm-hmm. big deal. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is, too, a lot of people who have these fitness journeys or transformations, they have those people that were important in their lives and helped help teach them mm-hmm. or helped motivate them. And And now you and I are far enough along. I think we're sort of in the role where it's like I see myself teaching people and help educating people. And so I think back to all those friends that helped me. And it's yeah. cool to be in the in the opposite position and watch them grow and watch them change in their in their lives and their journeys yeah it really is <laughs> and then okay so the next question which we kind of answered when did you start working out and what keeps you motivated um i think i started out i want to say six years so i guess um that goes back to the previous answer but i did start I think about maybe six years ago, uh, five or six years ago, I started consciously trying like to be better and I was more consistent into it. Obviously, I, I've, I've been dying on and off, like, but it never lasted long up until maybe five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start? When did I start? I mean, really weightlifting, it would have been like right around 2011 because I had this um, breakup. I was dating a guy, broke up with him. And just, you know, like like most breakups, you didn't feel good. Yeah. And I just started going back to foods that I love, like pasta and candy. And mm. I always have had a fast metabolism. I've always been trying to stick skinny. Yeah. And I've never had a, I never had a weight issue. And so I put on like 10 to 15 pounds. I felt super skinny fat. I felt like a totally different person in my body. I also cut my hair short, which did not help. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everything that right? screams, like, I just got out of a relationship. Oh, gosh. I did it all. <laughs> did you change in hair color, too? No. That was, a, that was a different breakup in grad school. <laughs> but, um, no, I just felt terrible. And so yeah. that's when, like, I started calorie counting because mm-hmm. I tried just running again. That didn't fix it. So I tried calorie counting that worked to a certain extent. And that's really when I started adding in the weightlifting and calorie counting alone and cardio alone weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to see my body change. And it was just, it was amazing. Like I had like muscle and just a different look to my body and the yeah. weight just came off like so fast and I could eat more. And yeah. And for me, it's like, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the gym. It was like stress relief for me going there after class and that's when I started teaching classes too I started teaching spin oh. a couple times a week I started teaching they have a, a format at Equinox called Indo Row and Shockwave mm-hmm. and so they had this little boutique studio near where I went to grad school in Indiana that that had that and yeah. so I taught those too and it was just it was so fun yeah and that's when I first learned about competing too there's oh. a there's another instructor that competed in figure yeah and and so I would get like the muscle and fitness hers and oxygen and read those magazines yeah. for meal prep ideas and workouts and look at those IFBB pros and that's when I really got in my head the idea that hey I'm gonna do this one day. so this is 2011 yeah Man. so bikini was um Bikini's- 2011 was when I started yeah. 2012 Around then was probably when I learned what figure was. Uh-huh. And then from like 2012 to 14, I just was kind of, I think, in this like pre-contemplation stage where I kind of was knowing that I wanted to do it. And yeah. so bikini was still really new. The bikini girls did not have abs yeah. back then. It was so like softer look. in my head, I was like, when I compete, I'll do figure because yeah. I like the look of the figure girls better mm-hmm. than bikini. Because bikini, they, look, they just don't look like they have that much muscle. And yeah. man, has that look changed. <laughs> In well, last, yeah. In the last like seven figure years. back then used to be the bikini now. 
yeah, so I had always thought I was going to do figure. And, and then I had this job that I've talked about a little bit where I was doing groundwater remediation mm-hmm. and I was working super long days, traveling, um, not having guaranteed lunch breaks or restroom breaks because we had equipment and you would be hauling a trailer behind your truck yeah, and be driving it to these sites. So there was just not a way to make the bodybuilding lifestyle work with that job. And as, as soon as I switched jobs two years ago, in my head, it was like, this is go time. Yeah. Okay. This I'm going to start. Yeah. And so I started weightlifting again, kind of routinely. I intentionally was not doing very much cardio mm-hmm. because I had read you know, you want your metabolism, you want to be maintaining your body weight without cardio before you start prep, or you're just going to end up doing a ton of cardio by the end. So I wasn't really doing any cardio, I was just lifting. And then I met Dale and John Jungle Fitness in Irvine, and I started prepping with them in yeah. November of 2016. And yeah, and I just, I've, I feel like I hit the ground running at that point. Yeah. Because it was finally like, okay, now is the time where I can actually pursue this. And because mm-hmm. I had two or three years where I knew in my mind I wanted to compete, mm-hmm. but I kind of couldn't with what my full-time job was. Yeah. So, well, yeah. now look at you. You are juggling, <laughs> like, everything. Okay, but so are you. <laughs> like, don't. This is what I understand. Yeah, you one finger. You have four pointing back at you. <laughs> That's true. But we managed to make it work. Basically, yeah. like, you know, when you really want something – I guess like that's your motivation as it is, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you had a goal, you wanted to stick to it. Mm -hmm. You had a goal that you would compete and, you know, you just had to find like, you just had to get everything in order in your life before you can do so. Yeah. And you went for it. It wasn't like you made any excuses. You had everything set in stone and Mm -hmm. you were going to do it. Yeah. Same goes for like just working out, staying on track. Like, yeah, you have a goal. Mm -hmm. Gotta do it. Yeah. And to compete, you have to, you kind of have to have your life in order first too. Because not only do you need the the amount of time, you need time, you need to be able to pay for all the costs because it is a very expensive hobby. Oh, yeah. And you need to be mentally in a state where you're ready and you can be focused. So if you mm-hmm. have like a very intense full-time job where you're working a ton of hours or you're going through a breakup or a divorce or these emotional things in our lives, like those may not be the times to try to start competing. Yeah, and so true. sometimes just being patient and letting things settle a little bit before you jump into it are are good and and sometimes those things in your life can also be indicators that maybe it's time to take a break from competing yeah that's true I've been in that situation in both ends I got out of a breakup and literally the next thing was I was prepping for my first and freaking each competition Uh like right after a really bad breakup no way and I've also been at a point where I should have pulled out from the competition because I was a really in a really bad place with my relationship at the time. Uh-huh. So I've been in both ends. Yeah. But yeah. good place now. And I can honestly tell you, being in a really good relationship now through the whole prep was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was it was the easiest prep I've ever done. Yeah. Like just dealing with people and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure you too. I mean, AJ, AJ being a IFBB competitor and pro. I have to imagine there's just so much support and understanding between the two of you. Yeah. I look up to him. He was I like I respect him for his hard work and everything. Like you don't he's very serious into it. You don't find serious people like that every single day at the no. gym. No. Yeah. And and it sounded like he was doing like a lot of nice boyfriend stuff, like helping you with meal prep and yeah, he's a <laughs> cook in you know? a relationship. So Which is awesome. <laughs> like who wouldn't, who wouldn't want that when you're yeah. prepping for a show? Someone who's gonna cook you nice meals and yeah, take care of you a little bit. 
yeah, it is definitely really nice. But it's also, you know, when you're like prepping, you tend to like think a lot and you have a lot more time to think. And I think the whole prep, him doing all these nice things, even though I know he's like suffering from the prep, made me realize like that takes a lot out of a guy who's really, really tired for training and cardio sessions twice a day sometimes. And he still goes home and the first thing he takes care of is me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so far I've had almost the opposite experience where um, my shows tend to line up with breakups, or I'd say maybe the show prep per- precipitates oh, the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, those so, are just not meant to be. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, um, my first show and then the season last fall, or kind of the show timing sort of lined up with breakups, but I think it's also when you're deep into prep you're sort of like at your most raw and vulnerable and you just have like you have no patience in some ways you have no patience and you have no tolerance for anything that's not a positive influence in your life mm-hmm. like you just have no in general you have no patience so yeah. <laughs> number one it's important to keep your your smiley game face on when you're at work mm-hmm. but uh yeah I think that's that was part of it too and I mean obviously those those situations there were they were not in a good state before, but definitely being so depleted and exhausted and just, you know, two weeks out from a show, you're not, you're not at your best. So, and I, and I am not intending to place blame. I think a lot of the blame lies with me yeah, and a lack of patience and and fatigue and lack of maybe interest and caretaking of my partner, but Mm -hmm. you know, relationships are a two way street. So in a lot of ways I wasn't getting what I needed. That's why. Yeah. So, I definitely feel, yeah, I've yeah. been there. I've been in that point where, like, I felt like I wasn't very, I wasn't a very good girlfriend, but at the same time, he wasn't really giving me a reason to be any better. Yeah. So I totally feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And I think, I think for me, I'm in a really good place mentally with what I want out of dating because mm-hmm. I am, I am sort of the single girl of the group. Yeah. And, <laughs> and a lot of times, like, I've had, I've had several kind of, I would say kind of crazy incidents dating wise happened to me, like discovering that the person I'm dating is actually in a relationship and has been the whole time or um, getting blocked and finding out it was because I was too busy out of all things, you just whatever, but that's neither here nor there. But I think my attitude and my hope is that when I do kind of settle down into that relationship that you're with someone that just wants to make you happy and you want to make them happy and you're just Mm -hmm. constantly thinking about each other and caretaking of each other so that way um, nobody's feeling like they're being unappreciated or they're taken for granted and they just can very easily tell that their partner cares about them and yeah and is doing nice things for them all the time yeah it's honestly just the little things like yeah we didn't go on fancy dates or anything it was just mainly like I would come over and I just automatically just do his laundry, clean his room, and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was just folding away his clothes, and it's like, wow, like you don't have to do that. Like, yeah, well, first of all, I don't like dirty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, your room was grossing me out. Exactly, his room was so gross. So I'm sleeping in it too. So I'm gonna clean everything mm-hmm. for me. Just kidding, but you know, I, I want to clean for him too. <laughs> Whatever you want now, yeah. but um. When he packs our meals, we pack mine first in case that we run out of food. At least I have my meals before he would. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh Yeah, he Aww. like always did that. And I, <laughs> I noticed that too, but he, I never said anything up until yeah. the end of prep. 
Uh-huh. And he was, I was like, I know you always do that because I watch as he like, mm-hmm. packs my food away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never say Aww. anything. But I was like, That's super cute. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was super cute. But yeah, it was like stuff like, like that. It's like, like your baby you get first dibs on the tilapia and asparagus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But I remember, like, he was just, like, aching, like, one time he was just, like, hurting. And we're long distance. Mm-hmm. And I guess this goes into how we keep the relationship alive, uh-huh. which was a question, like, for long distance, too. Um, we're long distance, so we can't, during prep, we're not there for each other physically most of the time. I only see him maybe every, for every three, two to four weeks, maybe, like, three days at a time, just mm-hmm. one weekend. And, you know, he'll tell me. We talk every day, and he's just like, oh, I'm hurting, like, my shoulder hurts, blah, blah, blah. like, mm-hmm. I'm just hurting, like, it's, it's hard, because you can't be there to help him, but, like, yeah. you know, I was just, like, I was booking him surprise, like, Thai massages, Aww. and, like, body working places, there. and I'm, like, looking up, does anyone know, that uh-huh. whatever, I, I'll pay for it, just, like, someone uh-huh. just work on him, Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, for him, he'll, like, just, like, write me little cards, or, like, just, like, do little thoughtful things to each other, mm-hmm. and, like, um, it doesn't hurt to be reminded every morning that why you love that person or that why yeah send messages saying like why you love that person and make them feel special mm-hmm. because there were times where I would wake up every morning with like a giant paragraph telling me like why he loves me Aww. and everything and he's so like cute. then he falls asleep you know uh-huh. but because we we actually uh, we are on different hours of the day I wake up, I used to wake up at like 3, 4 a.m. He wakes up at 10, 11 a.m. So, you know, I've already started like eight hours ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And then I also sleep about eight hours earlier than him. So we don't talk much throughout the day except for like little bits of texts here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just nice to wake up to that. It's nice to go to sleep to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Communication. <laughs> yeah. 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 Communication, just not stopping like. Don't ever stop showing your love. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so good. That helps keep the relationship alive. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. There was a question about long-distance relationships. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that one since we're already kind of oh, yeah. in was... the mindset? We went from weightlifting to motivation to um, dating. Being in a long-distance relationship and how you guys make it work. Um, basically, communication. And like I said... You should always show the person you love why you love them. Mm-hmm. You tell your mom that you love her all the time. You tell your friends that you love them. You know, you send thank you cards to your friends. You do all these things for your friends, but you should treat your significant other the same way just because, like, you're comfortable with them doesn't mean that they always, like, like feel loved all the time 24-7, especially when you're on prep. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice to do grand gestures. It doesn't have to be expensive it's just you know mm-hmm. like paragraph text from like that person dating for a really long time or like i don't know cleaning a room mm-hmm. for someone yeah. <laughs> yeah. how often are you guys seeing each other right now every two weeks uh-huh don't know how i ever did every three or four weeks because i've been dying lately yeah. <laughs> it's been so lonely like i just i just think that like knowing that we can start our future together, be together now. Mm-hmm. It's just lonely because I'm doing everything without him right uh-huh. now. 
Do you feel antsy? I feel antsy, yeah. To get started? Yeah. Um, pretty much, <laughs> yeah, because... I mean, it's going to happen, which is why, like, we're both pretty nervous about it, but we're excited. So, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So what's what's the plan moving forward? Because you, you two have been dating for a little over a year now. USA's was the kind of the anniversary sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what's, what's the plan moving forward? Um, so AJ just finished school, uh, got a bachelor's degree in legal studies at UC Berkeley, and... I am starting nursing school, and I think like beginning of 2020. I have a couple more prereqs to do. Okay. So the plan is for him to move down to SoCal. Yay. Probably end of 2019 or, be, or end of 2018, beginning okay. of 2019. Okay. Someone find him a job first. <laughs> but you know. But for real, like, um, so that's the plan, and I think we're going to stay in Orange County for a year, and then I'm going to apply to nursing school, and depending on where I get accepted to, we'll go from there, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Exciting. I'm very excited. Exciting. It's been long overdue, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I told him, I was like, I mean, I, I could do long distance more, but we really have to, but we don't really have to, so I don't really... I, I could be saving money living at home, but I just mm-hmm. would rather start something with him. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you two plan out your times together, your visits together? And how do you find the balance, I guess, of time together and, and apart? Um, we still have FaceTime date nights. Mm-hmm. So there are, we've tried this a couple of times, it's failed, but FaceTime Netflix together, mm-hmm. where we both on FaceTime either on like our phones or our laptops, and mm-hmm. we just kind of set it aside and we watch like the same show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, we're like I pretending we're next to each other. That's so thing. cute. <laughs> yeah, and like the other day, there's one time we had like Froyo dates via FaceTime. Mm-hmm. So we would uh, FaceTime going up to the Froyo, and then like we would. Not fro, not not FaceTime during when we're getting froyo, but we'd snap all the flavors to each other and uh-huh. send it on like IG story or something, and just like send each other whatever flavors. We took forever. We're those people that you hated in line, but you know <laughs> whatever. But then I'll take the pictures afterwards. We make the froyo. We literally go back to our car, FaceTime each other, and eat in our car, pretending we're like on a froyo date. Oh, yeah. So we always super get cute. Yeah, it's just like little things. Like we mm-hmm. always. I think, like, the biggest thing that's always helped us is actually setting aside and calling things date night. Mm-hmm. This is a date. Like, we have to label okay. it as a date. Okay. And, you know, because me and him, like, sometimes we go out and grab a quick lunch, you know, mm-hmm. during shopping. We don't call that a date. Mm-hmm. But when we specify, say, like, hey, this is a date night. It just, mm-hmm. honestly, we don't necessarily, we don't even, like, do anything that much spe- more, like, more special. Yeah. But it's just the fact that we called it a date night and mm-hmm. it's a date, it's special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, we we tend to stay off our phones a lot more during date nights. Okay. Yeah, rather That's than good. just casual, like, really lunch or whatever. Yeah. 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 We make it a point. Yeah, you want to actually feel like you're connecting with them and exactly not on the phone. And that's that's something too. When I hang out with friends or mm-hmm. I'm on a date, yeah, phone is away. Mm-hmm. I want to. You want to leave the person you're hanging out with feeling like they're actually connecting with you and yeah. not not just waiting for them to put their phone down. <laughs> exactly. There have been sometimes though, like I've been with friends and they're just like on their phones all the time, and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
No, I have a couple friends like that, yeah. and I'm just, I've kind of come to accept it. I think mm-hmm. at this point, all of us to some extent are addicted to our phones. Yeah. And some people are worse than others. It's hard. Um, That's <laughs> so hard. It's really. Especially for people who work from their phones. Like That's me. True, yeah. True. Yeah. There are a lot of people that have to do business through their phone. Mm-hmm. So you're just, it's like you're constantly on there and you constantly need to be responding and checking. Yeah. That's true. It's tough. It's really tough. That's true. Yeah. That's why even like working from home, like working on my phone and everything, I have to literally like, jot down the times where I'm working and when this is me time. Mm-hmm. This is like, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm mm-hmm. turning on do not disturb because mm-hmm. I will be on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, at work I definitely, when I'm not needing to be on it, I do sometimes need to be on it, but when I don't, I'll try to put it out of sight yeah. or flip it face down or something mm-hmm. so I'm not distracted by yeah. text messages. Yeah, and definitely in meetings, it's a way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine you having it out. Yeah, meeting. there's some meetings I do at my office. We do a daily kind of check-in at the beginning uh-huh. of the day for the management group, and so we'll run through our calendar. So everyone yeah. brings their phone to look at their Outlook calendar, uh, and so that one's sort of acceptable. Okay. But everything else is sort of you know phones are away. Yeah, um, oh. yeah. But in terms of, I did want to get back to. Um, talking about the long distance relationships, how do you and AJ, because I think this is something a lot of people have questions about. A lot of people date long distance. Mm -hmm. How do you two actually decide how often you're seeing each other? How do you plan out those trips? You know, are you, are you always going to him? Is he coming down here? How do you make that work? Um, I started out going more to him. Well, at first he tried the whole driving down here to save money (laughs) kind of thing. That is a long drive. But it was a very long drive. If you guys don't know, we live about, 373 miles apart which is about a seven hour drive and that's without traffic so yeah it's a really long drive and I think after that one drive he was just like I love you but I don't think I can drive that much, like this often you know I was like I don't blame you because I would not even drive up there for you yeah <laughs> you know that's far it's every maybe once in a blue moon but not regularly yeah it's too no. far and, like, even nowadays, like, with flights, you can buy ahead of time to save that time and money, like, seven hours. Yeah. I always think, like, you know what? If you're making $15 an hour, I don't know how much I could save. But <laughs> uh, I should have said 10 but <laughs> yeah. it's, like, $70. And you can honestly buy a flight, $50 flight, one-way ticket, like, going up or going down. Yeah. And you just, yeah. like, find the flights yeah. or anything. So it's just not worth it. And so, yeah, but I used to go up there because he didn't have a job. He was going to school full time. He's finishing up his classes and I had a job, but I was busy too. But honestly, I just kind of made time on the weekends to like go see him because, I mean, you got to put in the effort. We talked at the beginning of a relationship and that was the one thing we promise we'd never stop doing is putting in effort because mm-hmm. this is a relationship that goes two ways and especially when it's long distance, both have to be like putting in equal efforts. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I booked from the time, first time I flew to him, I think I started booking three or four more flights after that. He was like, are you sure? That's a lot. I was like thinking in my head, like, you know, honestly, if it doesn't work out, I guess I have three points, you know, but mm-hmm. whatever. It ended up working out, but we kind of just, at first, I'll be honest, I was kind of irresponsible with the flying because I just wanted to fly all the time. Uh-huh. 
I had the funds for it and I was I could switch around my schedule for it and I would just go up there like literally every other week or something. Uh-huh. And it was just I'm not gonna lie, it was like the honeymoon phase. I was in fatching. Yeah, and I was like, I just that? wanted to see him all the time. Mm-hmm. And then that did get really expensive, and you know, and I was just like, oh, I probably shouldn't. Plus, I started prep too. And then um, we just kind of spaced it out. Like, we tried doing like three, four weeks apart, but we realized four is too long. Three was stretching it, you know. Two was a very like, like that was normal. Good. It was two, two weeks was good. So every two weeks, and we kind of tried to switch turns, but usually I would like, I didn't mind like buying certain flights too because it was just cheaper mm-hmm. on my end. And yeah. I could stay longer on certain days. Yeah. So you probably had a, maybe a little bit more flexibility with I not being in school at that time. Exactly. It's not like I had anything to study for. He had studies, had to study, had flights, mm-hmm. like, um, he had study tests, whatever. And it was just, I didn't want to get in the way of that too. So mm-hmm. I told him, like, I'll just come visit. You can study. I don't want to interfere with your school or anything. Mm-hmm. And then, but I mean, during breaks, he would come down here. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why he started like liking down here because coming down for break and everything. And, yeah. Like, hang out with people. So. Yeah. Southern California is awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. NorCal is great too, but it's a different, it's a different environment. And yeah. Fitness is so big here. It's such a, it it's such a way of life. And yeah. It's a lifestyle that a lot of people take really serious. There's that's, a lot of that's why he likes it down here. He just feels more around his peers that understand him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he likes it. But, I mean, I never minded. I used to make fun of him at first. Like, he's like, you don't love me enough. I'm like, I love you enough to fly to see you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always joking because I always told him, like, I never minded. And I was never going to hold anything. Because at the at the end of the day, I knew he was just gonna, he was like we were gonna work something out, and yeah, he was gonna try whatever he could. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a relationship last summer where I was dating someone who was out of state. They lived in Vegas, mm-hmm. and um, and that was sort of that was kind of what the, the Achilles heel of the relationship was. We never really had enough time together. Yeah, and when we were together, it was awesome and amazing, and mm-hmm. and we would have the best time. Like I used to love going to Vegas for the yeah. weekends because sometimes it would just be chill and mellow, and we wouldn't even go near the strip. And sometimes yeah. it would be, let's go party and rage and yeah. have fun and go out to fancy dinners. And, yeah. Um. But the hard part was what we really never did. Um, was we never really set a schedule for when we were going to see each other. Um, and it was hard for him because he, he was, owned his own business, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, and so he was constantly traveling. So yeah. he never really, and I don't think at that time, he really had a way to truly manage and plan out his schedule. It was just firefighting. So yeah. it's like, oh, you know, tomorrow I need to go to this place, and then two days later I'm going to be here, and then I'm going to be there. And and a lot of times he would be asking me to come see him super last minute. And my job is very routine and I need yeah. to give them notice when I leave or when I'm going to take time off. And it just, that was, I think, really what the downfall was. is not having that planning and that routine, like, okay, every two weeks, every three weeks, we're going to see each other. Yeah. And we'd try to, we'd go there sometimes where it would be like a month. And we'd both see each other and say, this is way too long. This can't happen again. Yeah. But then it would. You know, oh, <laughs> so That's so hard though. I can't imagine like just not knowing. It was really hard. Yeah, it was really hard. And um, I think you and I probably, you and I probably met around the time that that was kind of winding down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was very for me. It was very stressful. 
it was very mentally stressful. And we'd have, we'd have phone calls pretty regularly, like not every day, but a few times a week. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just, it was kind of a not knowing. And it very much felt like in my shoes at the time, it felt like I wasn't actually dating anyone. Yeah. Because they'd go a month. You know, I'd go a month. Yeah. It just, you, you feel single still. You I know. know. Yeah. And especially without, without like routine times to see each other. Mm-hmm. It felt like you never know when you're going to see them again. So mm-hmm. it was sort of like, I'd leave after a weekend and be like, all right, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see him again. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So that was, that was what the, the biggest issue was. And so I mean, I think for anybody who's trying to do long distance, you've got to, you've got to set the expectations and set mm-hmm. the, set the routine frequency of how often you want to be spending time together Yeah, and, and find a way to make that work. Exactly. And like a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, that are told me their relationship didn't work out because at the end of the day, none of them was willing to make the move to be together. Because um, I know, you know, like one person loved me in NorCal too much. One person loved me in SoCal. Not, neither loved the other enough to give one up. Oh, wow. To get their place up. Yeah. And, you know, so I've heard relationships like gone from like a year to three years. But then they break up after that. Wow. But my question is like, why do you wait that long? Like you were never going to give up the place you live for the person that you love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, because I've told AJ, I mean... Trust me, I'm really happy that you decided to move down to SoCal because I love Southern California. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, if it came down to it and like he couldn't move and I had to move up there for like nursing school or something, I'd make the move. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wouldn't I would hate leaving SoCal because I love it so much. Yeah. But like I hate not being with him anymore. Yeah. You know. And that I mean that could happen depending on where you apply. That is true. I don't know. <laughs> he was staying in SoCal, so okay. we're going to stay so in you're SoCal. Gonna, you're gonna your application yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, a lot of people ask me that, and they're like, yeah, it ended up not working out because we just didn't see ourselves together later. I'm like, God, it took three years to realize that. Yeah. You know? You never know. I mean, I think it's easy, too. You're in a routine. You're happy enough you're comfortable That's people true. I mean I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone of sticking around in relationships that maybe aren't 100% functional and I'm working guilty. you know definitely guilty of that you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes the thought of change is scarier than the alternative or just yeah. really really standing up and saying what you want and yeah yeah I can I can see that happening that is crazy yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely let's see I'm gonna yeah. check out what the next IG question is. Yes. Um. So the next question is complete 180. But um, <laughs> how does one lose a stubborn body fat before competition? So there's really no way to really spot reduce like uh fat reduce spot reduce spot spot reduce like fat in certain areas mm-hmm. or anything. It's just general fat loss. So. You just want to be eating either in a caloric deficit or be doing a little bit more cardio or up your intensity on weightlifting. That way you can like mm-hmm. actually touch like just overall fat and just wherever you lose, it may end up being where you want it to, but you, you don't know when. Mm-hmm. You just don't know when. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Um, no, I agree um, with spot reducing. There is some, there are some studies out there that are more recent that suggest if 
you go and work out in a fasted state mm-hmm. and you're working the area you're trying to reduce body fat from a little bit higher proportion of the fat that's being used Mm -hmm. will come from that area like let's say you're trying to lean down your stomach if you go Mm -hmm. doing a bunch of ab work in a fasted state a little bit more of that Mm -hmm. fat is going to be transported from your from your abdominals and those are preliminary studies so I don't think it's really vetted like how how real that is but um yeah I think with stubborn body fat the biggest thing is you probably just have to check the intensity of your workouts Mm -hmm. like are you okay if it's if it's coming down to the wire you're coming up on your show and you're not as lean as you want to be like are you doing everything you can be doing to get rid of that body fat are you you know if you're doing cardio and you're you know kind of going at just a nice comfortable stroll on the elliptical or on the treadmill maybe rethink it maybe you need to be running some sprints maybe you need to be running for your cardio maybe you need to have the stairmaster on intervals or something that's gonna like literally just kick your ass yeah. <laughs> but I would say you know check the intensity of your your, your workouts um really like reevaluate your diet um and then for like little stuff I do think some of the sort of sweat inducing creams and gels mm-hmm. can have a benefit I've um the one I really liked that I've tried I really do love TC1 gel I think Oh yeah, you've checked that one out at one point. Um, I love that one for my midsection. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I'm in off season right now, but I definitely see a difference when I use that with my cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like sometimes I'll put it on before bed. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can do morning. that before bed, but um, definitely like cardio, even just working out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of them out there. Like uh, you know, Sweet Sweat is one of them. I think with cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, I yes, my favorite with cardio is still is still definitely TC one. But yeah, Abs of Steel, mm-hmm. Steel Fit. Um, I've used those before bed because it says on the instructions you can do that. And I think those, I think those did make a difference. Um, so little things like that, but if you're really far away from where you want to be, I think the biggest thing you can be doing is make sure the intensity of your cardio is really high. Um, and and you may need to check in with your coach and figure out, am I, are you doing enough time Mm -hmm. on your cardio? Um, that's one area because I'll have, I'll have, you know, people that, say they're doing a show and they're worried they're not getting lean enough and then I'll kind of see what they're doing in the gym and I'm it's hard because with your friends it's like how how brutally honest you want to be and be like you know girl maybe your intensity yeah is not hard enough or I actually have had this conversation with a particular girlfriend of mine and her response was kind of she knew that Mm -hmm. And she sort of said, you know, with where I'm at in my life and what I'm doing, I'm just trying to do a better job than I did at my last show. And you can't really hate on someone for that. Yeah. Um, everyone goes into shows with probably different motives. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, and I, ideally, you want to go into a show with a winner's attitude and that wanting to win and yeah. you know, wanting to kill it. Um, but not everyone has that. Some people are just, maybe it's their first show or maybe they've lost... 40 or 50 pounds and they're just excited about showing off their hard work so yep. you never you never know you never know yeah but it's also cutting out dairy yeah artificial sweeteners that'll help with bloating not necessarily body fat but mm-hmm. just paying attention to the diet too. and just in general just don't eat out so much you really don't know what's in the food that you're getting no no yeah uh-uh. plus it saves money yeah money that you can be spent on a coach for competitions later. Because mm-hmm. trust me, that is not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. Your your hair, your makeup, <laughs> your suit, the tan. Yeah. Definitely not. It all comes with a price tag. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, posing tips, please. Posing tips, please. Email me for that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I have a lot of tips. It's just hard for me to like really go through everything because once you get me started on it, like I just like don't shut up about okay. it. But I'm not guess, asking you to shut up. <laughs> Please, babble. I guess like, I'll tell you like my biggest pet peeves. I don't like what girls do on stage. Every time I have a new client, I always say like, okay, don't for your like you know, for your back pose. Please don't bend over and stick out your butt because that doesn't make your butt bigger. It makes your butt flat, and then you look like a stubby person because you're leaning over mm -hmm. and. The, the judges are like like sitting two feet below you, so it's not like they see much of anything up there except for your crotch, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not a pretty sight. If it's not a pretty sight, they're not going to grade you very well. Um, another thing is like when you are signing off, I don't like the girls who like squat down and like throw their hands up. Like, why? Why? Like, you work so hard to go on that stage looking nice and tall and put together. Now you're about to go sign off and do a squat on stage and you might just like roll over and the rolls on your side might show or you might stumble and trip and fall. And quite honestly, I just don't think it's a flattering sign off on stage. Yeah, but I agree with that. Yeah, that's just my thing. Like, I don't think that's very attractive. Um, another big no is just stomping on stage. Girls with like a heavy footstep. I mean, I'm one. I have a very heavy footstep when I walk. But when I'm on stage, I, like, try to lift my feet very lightly and walk very, like, softly with small steps and everything. So it keeps everything really tight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, don't stop. Because it's not very attractive. <laughs> everything jiggles when you're stopping. Yeah. Yeah. And in the past, I mean, the last year, I think a lot of the tips that you gave me, or number one, you told me to practice just my walking. So. Mm -hmm. For a while, I would just do that, where I would just practice walking with my music in yeah. and trying to think about visualizing being on stage and, and stepping lightly and all that good stuff. Um, what else? Practicing every day, mm -hmm. even if it's just 10 minutes. So I know my last prep, I was definitely doing that. Maybe it wasn't seven days, but it was at least six to seven days every week where yeah. I was just doing at least five to 10 minutes, um, lifting your chest. Yeah, making sure you're not slouching. That's definitely a big no-no because mm -hmm. if you're slouching, you're not going to look confident. You're not going to show off your waist, your abdominals the same way. Mm -hmm. um, you want to look like you want to be there. Yeah, not like it's a drag. If you right. want to be there, it's a very prestigious stage that like you worked so hard to showcase it. Don't slouch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to look confident, and slouching mm -hmm. is the opposite of being confident. Yeah. Um, another thing that you always told me, or I think, I think just in general, you need to record yourself too, at least every once in a while. So that way you're picking up on the things you're doing and you can make improvements on them. Because if you can't be objective and you can't watch yourself and pick up on these things, you won't actually get better at them. Like, um, one thing I definitely worked on fixing, which I think I did was not doing a pointer finger, not doing a claw hand, oh, yeah. making your hands nice and soft. And you see some girls do that. Mm -hmm. And I think if they had just maybe recorded themselves a little bit ahead of time, you would see it. see it and you would stop doing it. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like football players watching tape or, you know, athletes who do that too. It's mm -hmm. like they watch tape all the time to learn yeah. things and pick up on things. And you, if you're serious about it, you have to do the same thing. Exactly. That is true. And honestly, it helps because – 
When you are looking in the mirror and you're posing, you're going to be very fixated on a certain part of your body. Whether you think it or not, you are. And you don't notice your whole entire presentation as a whole. So now when you record yourself and you look at the video as a whole, you can kind of like pick apart and see exactly what you want to work on. So yeah, always record. You see a lot of things that you don't like or you like more that you want to like polish up a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and you can always hit up Mary for, for posing tips and coaching. Yes. The best best way to get a hold of you is what? Hello at Maryish.com? Yes. Hello at Maryish.com or just slide into my DMs. Mm-hmm. Maryish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she does she does awesome posing seminars too. Those are always a great way to get some experience in a group. Yes. And then my next one. Let's see what else is up next. Are you <laughs> single? And how are you doing? <laughs> right. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good. That's how I, I imagine that guy saying it. <laughs> how are you doing? You know, it's funny because, like, I don't know why people would still ask if I'm single. Like, a lot of people even ask, like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, I figured I talk like I'm married already. Like, you know, but just kidding. I, I like, literally talk about him, like, every other day. So, I just, I Yeah. Well, and even then, your feed and stuff is full of pictures of him. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I think somebody's not paying attention. Right? <laughs> they only see what they want to see. Yeah. Um, relationships. To touch base about that. Um body image so body image and i guess what's the question it just says body image oh okay yeah body image and someone had just asked also off-season transitioning so i guess we can tie that to yeah those are those are kind of tied together yeah i think a lot of people get a distorted body image in us oh yeah as they go into off-season yeah and i've i've been in that i this is my third off season I think or fourth I can't remember. I'm not too sure but my first two for sure I struggled with body image but every time I had my off season it was getting better like I was like try, trying to figure out what worked for me like you know what would not trigger these like bad thoughts of like beating myself up over it or just like not liking what I see in the mirror and I think over time, it just kind of helped to be around really good people and being around, like, people who have healthy eating habits as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they always like this. What was that saying where they say, like, misery likes comfort? Or misery likes com- miser- misery loves company. Misery loves company. So I think, you know, when I was going through that kind of phase where I was, like, not happy with my body, I was binge eating foods, like, I was, like, just drinking a lot the same people i was hanging out with was just like hey let's go drink let's have a drink or let's eat oh my god i feel like crap like Mm -hmm. you know they would kind of talk badly about themselves and you don't think that you really don't really put that in perspective because a lot of people we go out we always hear like oh my god i look so fat today you know (laughs) and you see it all the time that was a a good voice (laughs) (laughs) but you don't know so it's just kind of like you know they're really being mean as a joke kind of thing but i was just kind of around people who were like really serious like they did not like how they look like and they were just trying really hard to just get through their day feeling good about themselves and i think um later on as 
every every time I started competing or prepping again, I would just start to reevaluate like what why I'm doing this. Why am I prepping? Is it to love my body more or am I trying to like be in routine more? And I think like prepping a strong every stronger off season would help me better in prep. Like mm-hmm. feeling better. So I think by my third off season I had met AJ and he honestly changed my life about like my mentality in mm-hmm. terms of like how I look and everything because at the end of the day like I was enjoying food with good company so it was just mm-hmm. hard to really like guilt trip myself and say like well that food was like terrible you feel you should feel ashamed for eating that but I ate that donut with at a really enjoyable time with a guy yeah. I really enjoyed you yeah. know so it's, it's good memories coming uh-huh. up all this like food and everything yeah so I packed on 20 pounds but that was cool like I just, I didn't, like, I cared about my body image, but at the same time, like, it's not like I was, like, beating myself up for over it, and then, um, you know, but there are, like, some days where I'm, like, oh, I feel like a slob today, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> but I think this is my fourth, yeah, this is my fourth off season now, mm-hmm. I feel so much better, and to be honest, like, I may have, I'm, like, I think 20 to 25 pounds over stage weight now. Okay. But to me, it doesn't bug me. And I know in, like, a competitor's eye or, like, other people who have competed, you know, she, people are like, wow, she packed up, like, so much weight. But to me, I feel finally normal. Like, I finally feel like I'm in a normal place, a girl who's not necessarily all about competing, but I'm just – I like to work out. It's a hobby. And I like to stay, like, semi-fit, but it's not my life. And mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. And I have friends who love me, and I have, like, like – a boyfriend that loves me and it's it's like you know it shouldn't matter so much dwelling on like your body image if you look at yourself and you feel like you failed yourself what are you doing that you feel like you failed yourself like Mm -hmm. you know I look in the mirror and I'm like I don't think I failed myself I skip gym days sometimes I don't go to a gym like two or three days at a time but I'm studying I'm like literally studying or I'm working that I'm doing, I'm doing something that benefits me. It's at that time, mm-hmm. gym isn't my, my priority, and it's not my priority anymore. So it's just, you know, you as long as you're not giving up on yourself, I don't think you should, have, like, blame your body for, like, mm-hmm. you know, what it is in the situation that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little tangent, a little everywhere. But, no, yeah. it's, it's a – I think it's a really important topic because mm-hmm. almost everyone that competes experiences this in some way, and some is just – more intense than yeah. others um some girls it completely breaks them down and some mm-hmm. have no issues and then I think most of us are somewhere in between yeah <laughs> you know I mean just realistically um no that's super that's super informative I mean for me um I've maybe had a little bit of an opposite experience so mm-hmm. last summer was my first off season I was still training with Dale Mm -hmm. and Dale was just feeding me everything yeah I was kind of like loving life like I felt kind of like a little heavy Uh (laughs) in some ways like I was at my heaviest weight I'd ever been I almost I almost got to 160 which I've never been 160 my entire life keep in mind I'm almost six feet tall so it's like a whole different (laughs) body weight um and he was just feeding me everything so I was kind of just loving life like eating eating mostly clean foods, but it was, I was eating 
trying to eat about 4,000 calories a day at the peak of that bulk. Yeah. And so you could, even if you're eating 80, 90% clean foods, that's still 400 calories of junk every day. Yeah, <laughs> you're like most food. So, so I was just like kind of happy and just kind of happy and fat a little bit. That's sort of how I looked at it. I was like, oh, you know, a little bit, a little bit fluffy, but I probably need to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just kind of enjoyed it. Like I, I wasn't in love with the way I looked, but I mm-hmm. still felt um, good about myself and I was just happy enjoying food. And then this off season has been a little bit different and it's been a little bit more challenging for me. And I've shared a little bit of what I've gone through, but I competed at the Frigno last November and then went into um, a new coach and in that off season program. And it's been very focused on keeping my body fat low, mm-hmm. even in off season. And so at first it was like a struggle because yeah. I was really hungry coming out of that that competition season and my metabolism is naturally pretty fast so I think my body was just kind of <laughs> it was over yeah being hungry and so I would you know follow my plan for maybe seven days 10 days 11 12 days at the most and then I would go overeat a bunch of stuff mm. and I wouldn't call it binging because my stomach would cut me off <laughs> I would eat and eat and eat and my stomach would get super full and I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm not, if I eat any more, mm-hmm. I, I think I could get sick. Um, and so I would stop, but it was, and so I sort of watched my body fat come up from that because when you have an episode of overeating or binge eating or something, it definitely affects your body composition. Oh yeah. And it affects your mental state because the natural thing you want to go do is overexercise. Yep. and not eat anything the next day and and I really had to like I, I looked into it online I was like reading about like am I am I binge eating like what what's going on with me um what should I be doing and and finally I just got to a point where I was like you know what I just need to tell the coach about this like I'm starving yeah and I'm following my plan as long as I can and then I get to a point where I'm just sick of being hungry yeah and and they were amazing and really quickly upped all my up my calories and that, that helped a lot, to be honest. That helped a lot because I wasn't so hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really had to retrain myself a little bit in this off season and how I think about food and how I think about my body because I'm trying to stay lean. So I think a lot of us have this where in the same day, yeah. in the same workout, the same hour, you can look at yourself in the mirror and think, uh, oh my gosh, I'm still too small. I don't have enough muscle. Mm-hmm. And look at yourself at a different angle and be like, oh my gosh, my shoulders look amazing. Yeah. I'm doing so good. I'm going to win my next show. Been there, been there. <laughs> and, then you, and then you hit a different angle or you take a selfie and you're like, oh my God, I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> and you have those same three thoughts yeah. in the same day, in the same hour. Um, but I've kind of, I think I've come through it. I've now been in off season for almost nine months and I feel number one, really good about how I look. Like I am on the leaner side, I would say for off season. Mm-hmm. But I've gone through, you know, nine months of trying to retrain my mindset about eating. And I really do try to eat clean foods and I'm trying to enjoy eating the clean foods. Um, and, I'm, and I have a certain amount of like cheats per week, which is great. Um, yeah. It gives me a little bit of freedom. But when I eat cheats or when I eat a little, if I go a little overboard, I don't feel good. And so I'm really trying to, in my mind... For my own sanity, link the two things. Like, okay, Laura, when you overdo it or you eat something that's really heavy and indulgent, mm-hmm. you don't feel that great. Yeah. You don't feel that great physically and then mentally you don't feel that great. So even if you're kind of bored of eating similar like clean meal prep foods, 
you feel great. You go about your day with tons of energy and you're happy when you're eating like that. So yeah. think about the food more as like nourishment for your body and for your mind mm -hmm. rather than just entertainment. Yeah. And that's, that's helped me a lot. And this, this off season, like having stayed lean, I feel, I feel awesome about how I look. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not amazing. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm not shredded, but it's like, it's cool to see the progress because, mm -hmm. um, you know, even in the last like year and a half, I feel like I've come a long way. So, uh, probably when I wrap up my, my bulk at the end of this month, I'll definitely do a transformation post. Like oh, yeah. you guys can see what I looked like at the end of my last off season in this one. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a year roughly of hard work in the gym, dedicated eating. I've been, I feel like I've been pretty focused on it and I've put other things in my life on the back burner, especially, I say this all the time, especially dating has gone on the back burner because of my focus and time commitments. And, yeah. And for right now that's okay because I'm really happy with everything I'm doing. And, um, that's when you should know yeah. that you're, you should compete. When you're yeah. happy with everything, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been really good. Yeah, oh, but, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's tough. I mean, everyone I think deals with feeling like they're not attractive anymore once yeah. they're not stage shredded. Um, I don't want to mention names, but one of our good girlfriends was talking to me about that this week and um, transitioning into an off season, and and she was like, "Do other people feel this way?" Uh, I'm like, girl, everyone feels this way. Like, if you don't feel that way, something's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't stay shredded forever. No. It's not going to make you a pleasant person either, no. you know, down the line. Because it takes a lot to stay shredded. And, you know, that shredded people aren't the most happiest people sometimes. No. <laughs> what I tell a lot of people, because just especially people who don't compete or aren't that into fitness they see that they're so impressed by the pictures of mm -hmm. when you're shredded. And they're like, oh my gosh. And what I always tell them is the secret to that is that you're hungry all the time. Yeah. At least for me, yeah. when I'm shredded, I'm hungry all the it time. It is true. It's like, it's not, that's not really a good way to live your life um, long term. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't, that's why you can't really do it. Nope. So um, <laughs> it comes at a price. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely do not miss being hungry. <laughs> um, beyond, Beyond kind of what we talked about, do you have any tips about just confidence and the healthy body image? Because I think you're someone where you, I think you have a great level of confidence and you always seem very positive about your body and how you're looking, whether you're in prep, whether you're in off season. And a lot of people struggle with that. Just, I mean, you just have to kind of build that love for yourself and realize that you work really hard to be where you are in your life despite all the circumstances in your life, like you are where you are because you put yourself there. So, you know, you like, you know, maybe during prep, you know, you're not where you want to be, but don't beat yourself up for it just because you still got where you are from a certain, like, from like point A, you know, and it takes a lot. And you just have to remember that not everyone can do exactly the same thing as you. You just need to be proud for yourself because if you're not, how can anyone else be, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like you have to put yourself in a position of like, let's say you see your friend and she's like feeling sorry for herself and she's just like not happy. Like, How do you comfort that? It's very hard to be around that and comfort that, let alone like be that person. Mm -hmm. So I never want to be that person. So I'm just never that person. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have my days where I'm just like, 
I I told myself this a really long time ago that I would never be the girl that disappears when she has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing I've always made clear. And I've always told my friends, like, if I start acting up, you tell me. <laughs> like, you tell me and I will make time for you guys. You know, but, like, I think, like, my friends are all like, I have, we're all adults, too. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like, we all have full-time jobs. We can't have, we have one relationship. We don't have relationships like that with our all of our friends so it's just uh-huh. it's nice to not dating your friends in a sense but your friends are there for you when you need them to be and they yeah. understand yeah you know this honestly one one boyfriend's enough i don't need to be dating like all my friends you know <laughs> <laughs> and like i was like when my friend told me that it made we're a lot we're of sense date me though, right? yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> you're my uh my second place <laughs> but um no, like, yeah, like, some people, like, some of my friends, I wouldn't say they're friends because my acquaintances, they feel like they blame me a lot for, like, not making time to see them. But in reality, like, I see my close friends maybe every three weeks, every six weeks, some of them every couple months, mm-hmm. you know? And if I'm lucky, you know, we knew we live near each other mm-hmm. and, like, we still see each other, like, every two to three weeks, maybe yeah. four sometimes, yeah. you know? And it's just, we have really busy schedules, and mm-hmm. we all respect that. That is totally cool. I don't need to have a full-blown text conversation with you for, like, a whole entire day. And, you yeah. know, sometimes we check up on each other, and then, you know, we're not, not, not no, nothing's, like, bad or anything. You know, if there's an emergency, I'm all ears. Like, give me a call. Like, talk to you. I'll come over. But, you know, we're cool. We're cruising through life, you know, and we'll catch up when we can. Yeah. And that's the same way with me, my friends. I have friends out of state, the same way. Um, my boyfriend understands when like I'm like, hey, I can't FaceTime the FaceTime you today, I'm FaceTiming my friends in Texas or something. Like mm-hmm. you realize that friendship is really important to me. So that's why I try to maintain aside from like work and everything, you know, you set aside time for work and then you set aside time for friends. But just make sure that you don't neglect your friends because those are the people who come into your life and they will like help you find your path in life. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Yeah. 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 And I think this is something that as you get older, you learn to figure out what you can expect from people and from friendships. Mm -hmm. When you're younger, it's harder, especially, you know, college age or high school, even more so. You kind of try to be friends with everyone. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) You know, you try to be friends with everyone. And especially if you're going to a school where people aren't commuting and you're all together in dorms and classes and you're seeing each other all the time. It's easy to try to be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. And then as you get a little older, you realize, okay, these are the people that I can depend on. These are the people that I really relate to and yeah. I want to keep in my life. And those are the people you want to definitely make sure you're, even if it is every three, four, six weeks, mm-hmm. you're still staying in touch with them and you're, and you're placing value on that friendship. Exactly. I agree. Just gotta like, you know, we say a lot, I saw a video, and they we say a lot about what we're thankful for, and it's more just kind of like a self-thought about like what we're thankful for, and we move on, you know, but when we say we're, we have gratitude for like friends who've been there, you know, gratitude is more like an action, like show why, you know, you're, you feel gratitude towards that person, you know, like, I like feel gratitude towards like my parents, what am I going to do, like, I'm going to, like, take them out to eat or, like, I'm going to pay for their dinner. I'm going to cover, like, next month's rent. I don't know. Like, you do something, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, 
or for friends who earlier, like I was, um, she always, she's training me right now. So whenever like she trains me, like she just, she just wants to help. And she was mm-hmm. like willing to always just like ask me to help, do my programming everything. And I was just like, I'm just going to take her out to eat. Like mm-hmm. I want to pay for a meal. Like that's the least I can do because she's not uh-huh. accepting anything me yeah you know so it's gratitude like it's action mm-hmm. and believe it or not you know we always have to show friends that like for yeah. me i like sending snail mail here and there oh like i like yeah, yeah little little things like little gift mm-hmm. cards or whatever like, yeah it's five dollars for coffee today kind of yeah thing. like small gestures count yeah you know? yeah those mean a lot to people yeah like, it means a lot to me which is why <laughs> I, that's why like i would hope it Lots of yeah. Too. yeah 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 i've got my little water bottle that you brought me one yes. workout i love it it's <laughs> yeah, one of those, yeah this is one of those clear containers it's the vacuum vacuum sealed kind that keeps your water extra cold mm-hmm. and today it was about 95 degrees out and it still had ice in it hours later oh and my gosh that's perfect yeah <laughs> and i see it and i think of mary and how sweet you are as a friend <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i don't yeah. even use mine anymore i have like off topic but i have a weird fear of drinking out of something that I can't see inside of. Yeah, so oh. I can't. I have to drink out of clear okay. cups. Like if it's like a small coffee cup, I'm fine with that. But uh-huh. like if it's a big container that I'm gonna carry around for a uh-huh. while, it needs to be clear. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? I have this fear of like, what if there's mold that I, I was washing it and I didn't see and I uh-huh. missed the spot, like bacteria or something okay. on the inside, and like missed it you know gotcha. okay yeah, it's a fear of that yeah yeah it's gonna be something in your water i know that. <laughs> i am so paranoid like i need to always just dump it out i can't drink the same water from yesterday mm-hmm. it's like small little pet peeves like that yeah nothing yeah. wrong with that just wanting to be a little extra cuddly yeah especially after you take microbiology <laughs> yeah that too yeah fair enough yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's awesome well i think that's it for today's episode of the podcast Thank you so much for being here, Mary. This was this was a really fun episode. I liked I liked all the questions yeah. and that was um, really fun. yeah, we got to talk about a little different stuff than last time. And we'll definitely have to have you back. And I'm I'm working to get the video podcasting up, so that will be even more fun. Yeah, if I can get it to that point pretty soon. Oh, that'd be so super fun. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Again, do not forget to subscribe on iTunes. Bikini things you can search on um, the podcast app on your phone and then you can also follow us on bikini underscore things on instagram thank you guys that's it bye